You're listening to Muted History, the podcast where we discuss historical and sometimes current true crime incidents across the world and the impact those events have had on our communities. On this show, we inform, educate, and entertain. In today's episode, we're talking about the GMAC shooting, one of the worst mass murders in Florida's history. The man behind the attack, James Edward Poe, referred to some as Pop, opened gunfire on unsuspecting people working and visiting the General Motors Acceptance Corporation on the 18th of January in 1990. His motive for opening fire, you ask? Well, the GMAC office had repossessed his 1988 Pontiac Grand Am. Furthermore, how was a man who pled guilty to a fatal case of aggravated assault able to get not one, but two firearms legally? Let's deep dive into the topic. James Edward Poe was born on the 16th of February in 1948 in Jacksonville, Florida. His father abandoned his mother and eight siblings in 1959, and James had to step up and help his mother around the house as the eldest son. As a result, James shared a very close bond with his mother. Not much else is known about the early years of his life, other than the fact that he dropped out of vocational school. Uh, He had attended when he was a sophomore in high school, Following that, he began working as a day laborer and later went on to become a construction maintenance worker. One of his bosses would later describe him as a hard worker, was reliable, and never missed a day of work. James is also known to have gang affiliations since his early teen years, and he had a lengthy record prior to the GMAC shooting. In 1965, he was arrested twice for vagrancy, and in 1966, he was arrested once for attempted robbery and once on assault charges after attacking a construction worker. He was arrested again in 1968 after being found displaying a knife dangerously and was fined $75 for this. In July of 1969, he faced charges of gambling and was fined $10. In 1970, he was arrested for auto theft, but the state did not prosecute him. It is evident that James displayed a slew of violent tendencies prior to the GMAC shooting. On the 8th of May, 1971, he shot David Lee Prender three times with a 38 caliber revolver. David and James were actually best friends, but the pair had gotten into an argument after David referred to James's girlfriend as a bitch. The 38 caliber revolver used in the attack belonged to James's girlfriend. David was rushed to the hospital where he later died as a result of his injuries. Initially, James was charged with murder. Um, He was then had the charge reduced down to manslaughter. He finally pled guilty to aggravated assault and was sentenced to probation period of five years. Essentially, he got off scot-free for killing his best friend for calling his girlfriend a bitch. Now, while relatives did say that he was never able to get over the guilt of being responsible for his best friend's death, 
James just continued displaying violent tendencies. Additionally, the court had also withheld the judgment in the manslaughter case against James, and the judgment would only be passed after he had completed his probation term. The court also stated that James should not be allowed to purchase a gun under any circumstances, but this condition was never conveyed to the police and never made it into his record. As the judgment in the case against him had not been passed, James was able to legally purchase several guns, including the ones he used later in the GMAC shooting. He also had two more run-ins with the law prior to the shooting. He faced two charges in the form of civil proceedings resulting from bad debt claims. And in 1982, he had an outstanding warrant for his arrest on an account on account of employment compensation fraud. Now, James's, James's violent outburst only got worse after his mother died. Uh, she was the only form of parental support he had in his life. Friends and neighbors have since stated that his mother's death flipped the switch in James. He often talked to them about how he wanted to end his own life and in an eerie confession would even state that he wanted to take someone else with him uh, when he ended his life. The majority of his violence was now directed to his wife, Teresa. On multiple occasions, he threatened her by holding a gun to her head. And in January of 1990, Teresa decided she could not take it anymore and, and filed for divorce. She also filed a protection order against him. The order was granted on the 2nd of March in 1990, and it forbade James from making any contact with her for one year. It is theorized that his marriage falling apart was the start of the end for James Poe. The Pontiac Graham Am he purchased in 1988 was repossessed soon after his marriage ended. He had traded his old car for the Pontiac and had financed the remaining costs through the General Motors Acceptance Corporation. Soon after his divorce was finalized, James began to miss more and more work. And as a result, he missed car payments. The car was repossessed on January the 24th, 1990. Following this, James received a bill for over $6,000 from GMAC in March of 1990. Um, that, that would calculate to be about $14,500 today. They had sold the Pontiac in auction, and this was the remaining amount he owed on the car. And they had not heard from him in a month, GMAC resent the bill to James again in April. Now, following his divorce, James also became more withdrawn from other members of the society. He would rarely go out to socialize and became somewhat of a recluse. At the time, he lived in an old duplex apartment in the Northwest Quadrant in Jacksonville. Neighbors described him as a quiet man who mostly kept to himself but that he was known to get temperamental during conversations about money. His relatives also began hearing less and less from him. And as a result, nobody had a clue about how angry and how resentful he would become and how close he was to his breaking point. About two months prior to the shooting, James purchased an M1 carbine car rifle from a pawn shop. Again, since he was not registered as a felon, he was able to make the firearm purchase legal. 
The M1 carbine is a lightweight semi-automatic carbine that was a standard firearm in the U.S. military during World War II, the Korean War, and the Vietnam War. So on the 17th of June, James approached a group of men in the neighborhood and he held out his gun. He then shot one of them, Lewis Carl Bacon, twice in the chest, killing him instantly. So this is the start to his spree. James then fled the scene in his car. Um, later, he then shot Doretta Drake, a woman who stood in a, a, a vacant part in parking lot about two blocks away from the first shooting. Uh, it appears James just stepped out of his car, uh, walked up to the woman and fatally shot her two times in the head. James then stopped two teenagers and asked for directions before shooting both of them. Both teenagers survived the attack, but they were severely wounded. The identities of these teenagers have never been made public. Then on the 18th of June, 1990, James walked into a convenience store and threatened the clerk with a gun. He managed to get the clerk to empty the registers into a bag, after which he left the convenience store without harming anyone. It was after this that he made his way to the GMAC office, which was located at 797 Bay Meadows Way in Jacksonville, Florida. He had his M1 carbine rifle and a 38 caliber pistol. News reports would later state that he had so much ammunition, he appeared to be ready for war. Upon entering the GMAC office, James opened fire, killing Julia Burgress and severely injuring David Hendricks. Then James walked into the office door where he shot Drew Woods, Cynthia Perry, Barbara Holland, and Phyllis Griggs. It was later stated that he was particularly violent towards employees who tried to take cover under their desk. By this point, most of the 85 employees who worked at the office had rushed to the back door of the office in an attempt to escape, but this did not appear to phase uh, James. He went on to shoot Dennis, Janice David, Sharon Heat Hall, Jewel Belote, Lee Simonson, Denise Highfield, Ron Extravera, and Nancy Deal. I apologize if I mispronounced any names. He then turned his 38 caliber pistol on himself and ended his own life. By the end of the killing spree, James had killed 11 people and had wounded six more. The whole attack in the GMAC office had taken place under two minutes. Several of the employees in the office called 911. Some of these calls were made public by authorities. One caller stated that they were being killed and told the authorities to send the SWAT team as soon as possible. Another caller stated that he, James, was killing everyone. Barry Kimball, who was one of the employees who had managed to flee from the office premises, ran to a neighboring business to call for help. Authorities tried gathering any details they could about the shooter, but the employees were understandably frazzled by the attack and could not provide any substantial information. So just some odd things to note or some, some things to know is that despite his violent past, James was able to purchase several firearms legally. This was due to the fact that his guilty plea to aggravated assault was never filed and none of his other crimes were felonies. During his sentencing, 
Initially, the judge stated that James should not be allowed to purchase firearms, but this was not communicated to the police department and he was able to register every gun he brought with the police without any problem. I know that was a really short tale of the GMAC shooting, but it was just something that took place in Florida as part of their history that others may not know about. Five takeaways that I found were James had a tendency to reach for a gun first when he uh, got angry, whether it was his best friend, his wife, the employees with GMAC, and then finally himself. Several news articles refer to James as a nice guy, even after he was positively identified as the perpetrator. One headline by the uh, Bradenton Herald stated, nice guy, suspect in double slain on Sunday. Uh, okay. Now, many other spree killers, like many other spree killers, James was able to compartmentalize his violent tendencies to a certain degree, but the signs were always there. The court system made a huge mistake by failing to communicate his intent to prevent James from buying firearms properly to the police. This mistake combined with James's propensity for violence cost 11 people their lives. It's also been theorized that James potentially thought that by attacking the employees who worked there, he was attacking GMAC as a company. This is a terribly sad uh, story and 11 people lost their lives. Um, Poe, inside his suicide note, expressed his belief that killing people was the only way to get attention and that he did not expect to survive the shooting. The, the incident prompted changes in the way credit companies dealt with delinquent customers and led to the creation of a state task force on workplace violence. It also sparked debates about gun control and mental health in the United States. Unfortunately, every shooting that we continue to have since 1990 sparks debate about gun control and mental health. And I wonder... I wonder what the right answer is. You take away all the guns, people will still have guns. People get them illegally. So the good guys won't have any, but the bad guys will. Um, I don't know the right answer. Uh, I think maybe assault weapons should not be on the street, but hey, who am I to say? But tell me what you think. Tell me what you think about James Edward Poe and let me know if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. I'll catch you next time. Hey, this is a free podcast and one of the easiest and simplest ways for you to support us is by rating and reviewing the show. So do it now before you forget. If there's a true crime incident you want us to cover, or if you have a question, message us at contact at mutedhistory.com. That's contact at M-U-T-E-D-H-I-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Tell your people about the podcast. Your recommendation helps our show grow.